a Jets fan. Yes. As a battered Jets fan. Hello. You play to win the game. <laughs> like I can't. How am I gonna do that? How are you gonna make that, that jump? I appreciate that. Let's I... go to eat a damn snack. We're taking receipts, and I can't wait to shove it down everyone's throat when it comes around. No question about it. I am ready to get hurt again. Ooh, it's that time of year. The NFL draft is right around the corner, and we are mock drafting it up. You excited, Manny? I'm super excited. Not so so excited that we have to talk Jets football for six rounds. But the fact that we got we we get to talk NFL draft, that's exciting in itself. There we go. And we oh man, Mike McLean, Mr. Stat Guy himself, underground. We went and we found a diamond in the rough. We got Mr. We Stat Guy himself. Everybody's gonna want him on the show after this. I can feel it. I'm but, glad that we're, I'm glad we're the ones like literally presenting him to the world. Like we're, he's we're Simba. He's Simba and we're Rafiki, literally putting him at the top of a mountain right now. Just holding him up. How you doing, Mike? Oh, you you oh, muted, Mike. Bam. I thought I fixed it. I guess I didn't. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm doing great. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to rock and roll. Uh, ready to do this thing as a stat guy. Hopefully, I don't disappoint. Um, you know, like I said earlier, I'm really, really a big fan of this channel. Uh, you know, love to see it, watch it grow. I've probably seen about 90% of the videos uh, thus far, and uh, you know, can't wait to get into some Jets talk tonight. All right. Well, with, with that stat line itself right there that you just dropped, that you've watched at least 90% of our show. I have to ask this out there on a level of one to ten because I've asked this of all the Jets uh, guest hosts that we get on here. On a rate one to ten, how do I rank as a Jets aficionado on this show? Am am I like the most likable Dolphins fan that you've probably had to have to dealt with up to this point? Yeah. So so here's the thing, right? One of the reasons why I'm such a fan of the show is because of the dynamic between you two. So. Uh, as a Dolphins fan, you know, you, you know, you give, um, you know, you give props where it's due when it comes to, let's say, a Jets player or the way the way the Jets staff are handling a certain situation. Um, so your feedback when it comes to uh, Jets topics, and I know that the Jets are obviously in the same division as the Dolphins. Yeah. Right. Uh, your feedback is I think it's been tremendous uh, so far. So. Uh, the, the dynamic between so the two of you, credit. I don't think it's pretty so good. Don't give him so much. Oh, well, here, here's the thing that I said 90%. So the other 10%, maybe, you know, uh, <laughs> <Too much laughs> maybe the other Danny, 10%. Danny, you know, Danny's still, Danny still mad that the fact that Fireman Ed came on this show and gave me so much love. He's still upset about that. It, it really still grinds oh, yeah. his gears to this the point. The thing is, it happened just what, like a day or two right after we had just beaten the Dolphins. Yeah. And, I, and there was people texting me or sending me DMs through Twitter. Light his ass up this week, and I was ready for it. And I, but I needed somebody to gas me up. And Fireman Ed was doing nothing but that. He was literally doing the fireman thing and just hosing me down every time I try to get gassed up. But yeah, the good. thing about Fireman Ed is, you know, he he's a he's a you know macho man. He's he's a tough guy, uh, but he's also he also is a uh, you know pretty gentle. So he's a really nice guy. Sure. Um, and um, you know he loves the Jets, and he's been a Jet fan for a very long time. Yeah. But um. You know, I, I know that he treats other uh, fans as well from from other fan bases. With a lot of respect, well, so a sure. lot of respect, yeah, because because he knows he knows how it is. Yeah, but uh, that wasn't um, the time to do it, man. We had to light his ass up. But anyway, <laughs> all right. Yeah, so, I know. But time for some mock draft. But before we get into the mock draft, uh, yeah. Mike, we wanted to go through the rosters, right? You provided yeah. me with a, a roster depth chart, so let's go through the rosters right quick. Because I'm kind of curious to hear what you feel about our current roster. Now, I know. Let's start with the defensive end because because mm -hmm. it is the strongest part of our team, right? 
So as far as our defense goes, how are you feeling about our defense? Where do you think our weaknesses are in our defense? So great question. So when it comes to defense, right, uh, there are two in the NFL, in the modern day NFL, other than the quarterback position, of course, which, which we all know is the most important position uh, on a football team. But when it comes to, to the modern day NFL, there are four main positions that you need to have solidified. And on the defensive side, there are two. And that is defensive line. And that is cornerback. Mm -hmm. uh, when it comes to the Jets, I think that we have uh, both of those. We have really great depth. Uh, and as I'm looking here, um, right off the rip, we have Carl Lawson as our as a defensive end. And on the other side, we have John Franken Myers. We have Michael Clemens. We have, uh, of course, we have Quentin Williams, right? We have, um, you know, Jermaine, Jermaine Johnson. Johnson. We have all, Jermaine we're, Johnson, we're a first-round pick from, from last year. In terms of of the defensive line, I think we're, we're pretty stacked. If you had asked me if Carl Lawson would be on this team here on April 17th, 2023, I would have thought you were crazy. I thought that Carl Lawson would have been cut by now. I thought we would, we would uh, try to upgrade that position, but Hey, you know, Robert Sal likes his guys and um, you know, he, he's still here. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to back up my, my head coach and, um, and my, my GM, right? Joe Douglas and, and, and keep on with, uh, with Carl Lawson. Now, when it comes to the other uh, aspect when it comes to defense is the cornerbacks, right? And solid there. We are we are really solid there for once. Uh, you know, in a long time, we're really solid there. You know, from the days of Antonio Cromartie and Darrell Revis, right? We have arguably one one of the the best uh, tandem uh, or trio in the entire NFL when it comes to cornerbacks, right? We have DJ Reed, we we have Michael Carter the second, and of course we have the defensive rookie of the year, Sauce Gardner, who by the way I'm also wearing his jersey. And so, you know, we, we have that foundational piece there uh, when it comes to our defense. Now, you know, with our team, we definitely do have some weaknesses, right? And I know that Manny was talking about, or you and Manny were talking about, um, you know, the likes of C.J. Mosley a couple weeks back. Mm -hmm. And and that's, see, that's one of the things where I, I tend to disagree a little bit with you, Danny. Tell that him. Is, um, Tell him. C.J. Mosley, right, is... He, he, he's a good player, right? He's not a great player. He was a great player. Correct. Uh, he, he's okay right now. He is okay. Mm -hmm. uh, is he the worst player on our, no. on our defense? No, not even close. Um, however, linebacker right now is one of our, our, our weaknesses. And if you go and look at, at the tape over this past year of our defense, of our entire defense, it was linebacking core and the safety position that, we're, that we were really, really hurting last year. Um, and CJ Mosley was, was part of that factor. Now, CJ Mosley, like I said, he's, he's not the worst linebacker in the league, but to be making 17, $18 million a year, you know, you got to play better than that, you know? So, uh, and especially as, as a captain and, and a leader on the team, you know, you, you got, you got to play better than that. Now with no, saying but that, just, but just this year coming up, he should, I, I think that I, I understand he's not the, the CJ Mosley of, of years past. But for this year coming mm -hmm. up, you don't think that he can do a serviceable job at middle linebacker? No, I I, I agree. He can do a, a serviceable serviceable job. Uh, however, I think we do need to start looking toward the future uh, okay. after this year. And okay. and if it weren't for his cap hit, I think he would have been cut this year. Okay. I really okay, so, do. I really believe that. The, okay, so you're you're saying obviously defensive line we're solid, cornerback we're solid. Yeah. So one weakness is inside linebacker. But I would mm -hmm. assume that much like most Jets fans, we don't think that that's the biggest uh, weakness in the defense. 
No, in, in today's modern NFL, you can get by with having average linebackers, okay? Um, now, I say average, and and a, a lot of – it's average is relative, right? So For sure. when I say average, I mean, you know, you want to have formidable linebackers who can who can wrap up, who can tackle, uh, who can cover tight ends. That's that's one of the biggest things on offense in, in the modern NFL. You, you need coverage uh, linebackers to be able to cover tight ends, right? Same thing with safeties. Uh, you know, it's, it's not um, – like it was in the past where, you know, you can, you can have one box safety uh, or even two box safeties and, or just uh, putting one, one safety in the, in the um, you know, way, way back 15, 20 yards off the ball. Sometimes the safeties have to come up and, and, and cover the tight ends, you know? So you have to have in today's modern NFL, you have to have serviceable linebackers. And I was saying that I think CJ Mosley, again, he can do okay this year. I think he's going to, going to put in the work. He's going to be okay this year. Uh, next to him, we have we just re-signed Quincy Williams. I think he's going to be okay this year. Uh, with saying that, though, I think we do need to upgrade over the next couple of years or so to make sure, uh, you know, that that we can really uh, strengthen that that linebacking core. My thing with right? this so draft I, coming up is that I feel like what they want to do, if we get Aaron Rodgers, which I think we all assume we are, mm-hmm. that they want to make this. Uh, Let's not plan for the future drafts. I think this is a draft as many impact players as possible draft. That's why we took that third round pick and Elijah Moore and sent them off so we can get that second round pick because we're trying to get impact players. And to get impact players, you need to get them high up in the draft. For sure, yeah. And and if you have read if you have been reading the tea leaves, you know that Woody's back and you know that he is not the most patient uh, owner in the NFL, right? So. As much uh, as a, a great job that Joe Douglas has done and Robert Sala has done, you know, bringing you know, Robert Sala, just speaking about him, he, he brought like the worst defense to what a top five, top three defense in the NFL in a matter of one year. So, so as much as he has done, it has to continue. And the same thing for Joe Douglas. We, you know, a lot, a lot of people think that we, the New York Jets won the first round of the draft last year. Well, guess what? We have to do it again. You know, it, it's not about, it's not the time to pat ourselves on the back and say, you know, we, we drafted the number one, uh, you know, offensive rookie and the number one defensive rookie. And, and, and that's great and all, but guess what? We have to keep going. We have to keep moving forward. We have to keep uh, being about business. And, and like Manny was talking about a couple of weeks ago, bringing Aaron Rodgers in here is going to elevate everyone else. And we have to be all in. Right. So I think Joe Douglas really knows that this year, this draft, he has to put all of his eggs in one basket and say, listen, we're putting our best foot forward here. You know, we have to, we have to make the right decisions here and we're all in this year, you know, cause whether Rogers is here for a year or two, we, we have to win games. We, we have to be able to make the playoffs. That's how you know, that's it. how you know how big your window is. Even if it's right. a year or two, now you know you have a year or two to win the Super Bowl. Absolutely. The, the windows in today's NFL are so small, you know, gone are the days of building for five, you know, six, seven years. You don't have that anymore. Nope. You, you have to win now. Every single year is a new year and you have to win. Like you can't go into the season thinking, okay, you know, we can, we can build and build and build. No, none of that, especially with the Jets. How long have we been building? So, you know, each and every year, we have every single year, every single draft, every single off season, uh, we, you know, they need to have that man, mindset of putting in the work and, and, and being better than they were yesterday or the previous year. And I, so as, and I know that as, we are doing that. As far as the draft goes, what position would you prioritize if you were going to go defense in any pick? Like, what's the priority to you? Is it linebacker so, or is it safety? So talking about the draft, um, and, I, and I know that I, I've spoken to you a little bit about the draft before uh, via text message, but when it comes to defense, if I were the GM, 
which if, if I were the GM of the Jets, I'd probably get fired after like one year. But um, if I were the GM in this draft, I wouldn't really prioritize uh, defense. Not saying that I wouldn't draft any defense, but with, like we were talking about when we were talking about earlier about the the um, the foundational pieces, the mm-hmm. foundational pieces were, were pretty much set. So mm-hmm. this is a very peculiar draft for the New York Jets this year because usually you know we have that mantra of oh best player available, best player available. Well, this draft we should not be saying best player available. In fact, we should be saying best player available at the at position of need. Mm-hmm. Right. So for, I'll give you a perfect example. Uh, my number one guy in the draft, it, uh, in terms of what I think the Jets should target, is um, Jackson Smith and Jigba, and he's a wide receiver. Now we don't need uh, a wide receiver, and I know Danny's uh, making that look there. He absolutely hates that idea I of do. going receiver, especially for the Jets. And and you and I both know I love Garrett Wilson. Garrett Wilson is probably uh, one of the best uh, Jets receivers uh, in a long time. But I'm telling you now that uh, JSN is probably going to be even better than uh, Garrett Wilson. Uh, now, with saying that, I don't think Jack, uh, JSN is even going to be uh, an option for looking to upgrade receiver that early for the Jets. Um, but to answer your original question when it comes to defense, I just don't see us going defense high in the draft. And when I say high in the <laughs> draft, I'm talking first round, second round, third round, since we don't have it. Or fourth uh, I round. Could, maybe fourth round. And, and, and okay. again, that's, that's a maybe, but I think there has to be that an impact round, player fell to the fourth round, an impact player that fell to the fourth round. Absolutely. I, I think that, um, you know, because we're looking for, if we're looking for starters, you're, you're not going to find those starters, um, typically, right. You're not really going to find those starters in, in the fourth round, really, you know, so you're looking more for depth at that point, but, so, um, l- looking at our depth chart now for offense then, because I think mm-hmm. that we're all on the same boat, me, Manny, and you all agree we got to go offense as far as our first three picks right now we're going to go Absolutely. we're going to do this mock draft right we're all going to say who we think we would get and we're going to kind of do this based on assuming that we are getting Aaron Rodgers but with that being said you would also assume that if we get Aaron Rodgers that we wouldn't have one of those second round picks am i right or am i wrong Absolutely. Yeah. So we, we, de- I don't think we're going to have one of those second round picks and it's more likely than not. It's, it's, we're not going to have the, what is it? Pick 42. So yeah. if we're negotiating with, with the Packers, the Packers are not going to say, all right, yeah, you know, we'll, we'll just take 43 instead of 42. They're, we're probably going to give them 42. Of course, you know? of course, of course. So uh, with saying that now before uh, talking about Aaron Rodgers, um, you know, we, we talked a little bit about how I felt about Aaron Rodgers and, I, I think I speak for, for most Jets fans when I say this, and hindsight's twenty twenty, of course, but um, I think most Jets fans, if you ask them a couple months back uh, whether they prefer, let's say, someone like Aaron Rodgers versus like Derek Carr, I think a lot of people would say Derek Carr. And I was actually in that boat as well. I, I think I think I would have preferred Derek Carr. And um, especially when it, when it came to him doing all this weird stuff. We all know, we all know Aaron Rodgers is uh, – you know, it's, it's pretty weird. He's a weird dude. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, now with saying that the second that Aaron Rodgers puts on a Jets Jersey, he becomes the greatest quarterback that the New York Jets have ever had. And that includes Joe Namath. So, um, at first I, I did not overrated. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, he, he did do a lot of things, especially. This back is why he won't come on the show, Danny. This is why he won't come on the show. Just throwing that <laughs> yeah, out. There. I, by the way, I have asked him on the show. Yes. Yeah. No, he, he's a great guy and everything. Um, not saying that like I met him or anything, but, right. you know, Joe Namath is awesome. Jets legend, of course. He threw over 4,000 yards back when, you know, nobody was doing that. Uh, but sure. um, when you throw more more interceptions and touchdowns and and you're in the Hall of Fame, uh, you know, I, I guess I guess um, Super Bowl three. You know, may, yeah, exactly. Super Bowl three, you know, the, the, the finger point, the guarantee, you know, it's legendary. It's iconic. Right. I, so, I, I know I know people watching want to hear the mock draft. So we're going to get to it. In a, I swear really soon. But I yeah. did yeah, yeah. want to go off on a tangent real quick and ask this one question. Mm-hmm. There was a list on yeah. social media a couple of days ago. And it named the greatest draft picks by every team, all time. Mm-hmm. Now Joe Namath was on our list, which makes sense, right? We drafted yeah. him; he won us our only Super Bowl. My question to both of you: mm-hmm. If Aaron Rodgers comes and wins us one or two Super Bowls, and they make that list again, is Joe Namath still considered the greatest draft Jets player ever drafted? Because right now he is, because he brought us the only Super Bowl. But if we get one or two more, do we still consider Joe Namath the greatest draft pick, or would it be Daryl Revis? You want to take this one first, Manny? Yeah, I, I would say you would still keep him there, not because I agree he should be there in the first place, but because the fact that he won you your only Super Bowl and it took 90 years later for you to win your next one. I think that's so the even, only even reason why he stays Super on Bowls, that. Because I, I, I take that question as like the greatest player we ever drafted. Yeah. And in my mind, this Darrell Revis. I, I agree with you. I agree it should be Darrell Revis. I agree with you. But I think they still keep him on there for that simple reason. That he was okay. your only person that won you a Super Bowl over how when was it Super Bowl three? We were like 59. what negative sixty-eight at that point. So it's like <laughs> I, I don't know. I think he yeah. stays on that list for that simple reason. All right. What do you think, Mike? That's, and I, again, I know right. it's blasphemy. People must be like throwing their sodas. He will never right come now. on the show. Yeah, he no. will never come on the show. He probably wasn't come on. So anyway. what? All right. So when it when it comes to uh, Joe Namath and Jets fans, let's say we did win the Super Bowl with Aaron Rodgers, right? Um, I think it go, could go both ways. You're going to have the old-timers that, you know, have seen Super Bowl three or – Right, exactly. You, you know, you have the old-timers that that were, you know, watching the landing on the moon when they were, um, you know, young also watching. <laughs> literally watching, happening. Almost yeah, literally. <laughs> literally, yeah. So you're going to have those, those types of folks who were, um, you know, there when it happened and, and they're going to obviously stick with, with their guy, Joe, right? Um, and, and of course, too, like, you know, my dad was a huge Joe Namath fan. Um, and, and of course, you know, me, me being a young kid, learning about him, you know, he's iconic. And, and of course, Joe, Joe Namath is one of the one of the greats. However, I will say this when it comes to um, psychologically newer Jets fans, there is a recency bias. And most people are going to uh, facilitate themselves or remember the most recent win. So let's say, um, Let's say we did win the Super Bowl. I think a lot of Jets fans are going to relate to, okay, we know that Aaron Rodgers hasn't been here the whole time, but he did win us a ring. And therefore, he's going to be part of that, uh, you know, legendary mantra, you know, legendary category. Yeah, but I'm talking about strictly about drafted players by the Jets. Well, I mean, we. Danny wants to know if he gets vetoed out because the only reason he thinks that Joe Name is even on that list is because he brought us a Super Bowl. Now that another quarterback Mm -hmm. has come. And brought us two Super Bowls. I know. God, I hate it. Now that another quarterback <laughs> is coming, giving the Jets a Super Bowl or two, do you think mm-hmm. that because the natural merit was he was only on there because he brought you a Super Bowl, you could now technically give that 
position of best all-time NFL Jets drafted Traffic. to to Darrell Revis instead of Joe Namath. Yeah, no, I, I I'm in agreement. I think I think Darrell Revis is for sure. Um, like yeah, Darrell Revis agrees is, is, that is not I mean, Darrell Revis. I, 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 your goddamn mind. I, I that's what I thought. Okay, sorry for taking the show off on a tangent, yeah, people. For sure, we're twenty back minutes on track. Now we're about to drop All right. this mock yeah. draft on you. Mock draft. Let's get into the mock draft. I apologize. I know it was a random. So am tangent, I on the clock? I think the Dolphin fan should be on the clock first, right? Go for it. All right. So we have uh, six picks, but we all yeah. agree that if we get Aaron Rodgers as it's planned and as yeah. we're draft, right? Because we're doing this based on Aaron Rodgers leading this team. For sure. So although it has it on the bottom right corner, for those of you listening on audio, we have a graphic up. And it has pick 42, but we're not going to pick 42 because we don't expect to have that pick. Right. We might not have some other we'll, ones either, we'll, but we'll we're just, just based, we know 42 in general. Right. 42 for sure should be gone. So based on that, Manny, Aaron Rodgers leading this team. Our defense looks the way it did last year. Who do you think we are going with with our first pick in the first round? All right. So 30 seconds on the clock. I think that I'm going to keep this very simple. You know how much I felt, whether it's Zach Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, or your future quarterback starter, Tim Boyle, as the quarterback for the New York Jets coming up. You have to protect the quarterback. And I'm starting off right where I love my big boys. I'm taking Peter Skaronsky in the first round. He's a mm -hmm. tackle. He can play guard. Mekhi Becton, the guy's always injured. And even though he looks amazing right now, we all in agreement that Mekhi Becton looks amazing right now. Mm -hmm. The guy, if he does get injured again, you know you can slide Peter out to the tackle position, and if not, he's a solidified starter day one for you. In the first round, I'm taking Peter Skaronsky out of Northwestern. Now, I've heard that this kid is a better run blocker than pass blocker, mm -hmm. which worries me because we need the pass blocking, but I'm with you. Now, Mike, go ahead. I want I want to hear yours before I give mine because I, I do want to ask you guys a question about this because, oh, no, wait. I know where Mike's going with this. Where, go, go ahead, Mike. What's your first, <laughs> no, what's your so, first pick? Um. <laughs> So I, I'm I'm pretty much in agreement with Manny in, in in regards to Skaronsky. Only if the other two big ones are not on the board. Um, now the reason why I say that is because the you know the big three when I say the big three, um, I'm referring to obviously uh, Broderick Jones, yep. Peter Skaronsky, and then Paris Johnson Jr. Right. Yeah. Now, now I, I I definitely would not disagree with Manny because Skaronsky I believe has the highest floor. Mm -hmm. Right. So he, he's kind of like the anti Mackay Becton, if you will. So uh, is, is he going to come in day one and be the top tackle in the league? Probably not. Uh, but is he going to can he come in day one and be, you know, formidable? Can he come in and be OK? Uh, I think he can. And so I'm in agreement with, with Manny. If the other two are on the board, Broderick Jones and Paris Johnson Jr., I would 100 uh, percent grab Skaronsky. One sack, now, six pressures on 457 passives is what right away leaped out of me and that's why i like skaronsky right. so much absolutely yeah he, and he, he's a big boy too you yeah. know he's he's got he's got a length um you know his, his kick out is, is uh fantastic he, he's so he's he's got a really good uh really good um you know a high floor so yeah. now with saying that he also has a not so um you know high ceiling so he, he's kind of like uh the safest out of the big three for sure but at the at the same time he he um at the same time the other two may have uh better careers than skaronsky however skaronsky i think has the the highest floor of the three so that is if my opinion um so i i definitely agree with with manny in that regard all right so who are you taking in the first round you're on the clock 
Okay, so if I were if I were picking in the first round and I had the choice of the three and they were, all three of them were still on the board, uh, I'm going to go or ahead. Or you could take I'm a wide receiver. It. You know, you could take a – don't <laughs> listen to Danny. You could take a wide receiver in the first oh, round. Oh, man. I, I, as I was texting Danny before uh, earlier on, I, I said, you know, I really don't want to be uh, chasing rabbit holes here. So I don't want to be going right. down that rabbit hole and, all right. and, all right. and cha- <laughs> you know, changing the whole perspective. Because, again, if this is going to be a mock draft, right, I want to try to make it – I want to think like – how Joe Douglas is thinking. And I really do not think Joe Douglas is picking, uh, taking JSN, Uh, which by the way, I don't, I don't think JSN even makes it to 13 because I firmly believe that Bryce Young is going number one overall. And I think CJ Stroud is most likely going number two for the Texans. And the Texans are picking again at number 12. And guess what they want to do? They want, they're going to want to pair up CJ Stroud with his boy, with his boy, JSN. For sure. So I, I don't think JSN will be available, but let's say if he, if he was available, if I was the GM, I I would give a hard look at it. However, let's say I'm Joe Douglas. I'm not taking JSN. I like right? it. In, instead, I'm taking Paris Johnson Jr. Oof, out of Ohio okay. State. And the reason why I'm taking him is because uh, even though I think Broderick Jones has a higher ceiling than than um, Johnson, I think that he is kind of in the middle of Skaronsky and Broderick Jones. I think that he has a, a very high floor, and I think he also has um, – you know, a relatively high ceiling as well. I think he did, um, you know, fantastic this past year. He has history of being a guard. He has, uh, obviously he has great history this past year of being a left tackle. So he, he has that versatility to be able to, to do what's necessary. And another uh, young man that we have on our team, Elijah Vera Tucker is, is pretty similar. He has that versatility. Uh, you know, at Danny, as you know, throughout the entire season, we had the injury bug on our offensive line and AVT was playing. What was he playing? Left tackle. He's playing right tackle. He's playing guard. Yeah, he could have um, been I a pro bowler position, at all those positions, except for seven. He could have been a pro bowler at, at all those positions. So versatility is something that you really, really want uh, in today's NFL. And again, Skaronsky can do that. Uh, Paris Johnson Jr. could do that. Broderick Jones to a certain extent. But I think that, you know, Paris Johnson Jr. is, is the pick that I would go with if I was Joe Douglas, if he's available. Now, my only issue with Broderick uh, Jones is that everybody, when they talk about him, they all mm-hmm. say he's raw, raw talent, raw potential. Mm-hmm. And I hear raw and I want to run. I don't yeah. want anything raw. Right. Because I need impact. You want a day You're one starter. Come in. You want yes. a day one starter. Absolutely. And, Absolutely. And, and then the other issue and the reason why, as you guys were speaking, I, I pulled up this, this depth chart. A right tackle, we have Max Mitchell on this depth chart. Left tackle, Mekhi Becton, and then Dwayne Brown. They're all swing tackles, right? They all play right and left. Max Mitchell, most right. There's a real chance that if we were to use the first-round pick on a tackle, that this tackle might not see the field his, for his rookie year. If, by some miracle, Mekhi Becton and Dwayne Brown get their shit together, stay healthy, and play at a high level. Even Max Mitchell played well while he was playing. So we have three starting caliber tackles if they can stay healthy. So do we really want to spend a first-round pick on a fourth tackle? I understand why all the fans are saying it, because we don't trust those three staying healthy. But let's say hypothetically they do stay healthy. Then we wasted a first-round pick on something that doesn't even see the field. And right we now it. we want that, all impact players. But, but that's a big what if. Like the history has shown you that last year, the most, because you go based off of most recent, like you've told me this, the way you shit on Xavier and Howard, not to bring up a Dolphins player, <laughs> but you go based off of recent history. Recent history shows you that you need actual viable starters 
at the offensive line if you're getting an Aaron Rodgers. You can now play tic-tac-toe with your O-line next year if Aaron Rodgers is your, is your quarterback. I'm going to tell you, with the first round, Hit me. I would go Nolan Smith out of Georgia Oof. if he were to fall to the 13th pick. Now, nobody thought Jermaine Jones would fall last year. Right. He fell right. all the way to 20, whatever, 22nd or whatever it was that we got him at. Nolan Smith could fall also. Right. Okay. I've seen I, I thought he was a lot higher in the draft board. And every time I see a mock draft, he just keeps falling little by little, all of a sudden hitting those double digits. We're 13. If we have a chance at Nolan Smith, that's an impact player right now. He can be in that rotation and make an impact right now. Offensive like tackle, I do, Chris. And if Nolan Smith isn't there, I'll take Paris Johnson. That out of the three, mm. that's my favorite tackle. I don't know if he'll be there. Broderick Jones scares the hell out of me because I think he's a straight project. But I would go Nolan Smith if he's there. If not, Paris Johnson for sure. Mike, give me some feedback. Do you like Nolan Smith? Uh, um. Okay. So here's the thing about Nolan Smith. Right? And I, I'm actually shocked, Danny. That <laughs> I'm actually shocked, Danny, that you uh, went with Nolan Smith. And you know, if you feel that that he is is the most valuable position that uh, that for we sure. need at that point. Then, then, yeah, he's a great player. However, they, I'm getting Carl serious. Lawson, but Carl Lawson underperformed last year. Oh, 100%. And, and as I said earlier, I if you would have asked me if Carl Lawson was on this team on April 17, 2023, right. I would have thought you were nuts. I thought we were going to cut him, right? Now, with saying that, we have, we have um, you know, Michael Clemens. We have Jermaine Johnson. We have young guys who are ready to go. Right. Now, when it comes to Nolan Smith, he, yes, could he – could he be a, a fantastic uh, rotational piece, a, a gadget player that can come right in and just go after the quarterback uh, for Robert Sala's defense? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Now, Nolan Smith, I'm sorry, but he gives me extreme Darren Lee vibes. Oh, and Vernon Golston? He's quick. Ooh. Vernon Golston, that, another one. So um, could, could he I'd... be an impact player? Absolutely. But I've been burned before thinking that, oh, you know, we got to get speed. We got to get speed on the, on the exterior. And Darren Lee – you know, obviously was he, so he didn't small. work out. He was small, yeah. So, um, so I think small. Nolan Smith is a couple inches taller. I, like, I think he's like 6'2", 6'2 and a half, something like that. Uh, a little bit heavier. However, I I think that their play style is uh, similar. Similar. Um, is similar, yeah. yeah. But not saying that he's going to end up like Darren Lee. But right. That, that, it, you know, you're he, he you're just well stating what gives a, you a little fear in drafting Nolan right. Smith. Right. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty hesitant on drafting a player like that that high. Um, uh, now, you know, yeah. So, and then you're in, in terms of your other piece that you're saying earlier, um, when it comes to, when it comes to the offensive line, um, now the, the two, the two pieces that you need on offense, right. On defense, obviously you have cornerbacks and defensive line. And you touched on that with, with the Nolan Smith pick on the other, on the flip side, the two main pieces, the foundational pieces that you need to build your, your house, if you will, in today's modern NFL is wide receiver and offensive line. And we already, we're already pretty good with the wide receiver room for the most part. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to the offensive line, you know, you, you have to pick one of those big three. And I know you said that, you know, what's the sense of taking the third or fourth best offensive lineman at 13? Well, I think that there's going to be four or five quarterbacks taken in the top five. So I think we're going to have some linemen there. I really do. I really do think that uh, the quarterbacks are going to go. They're going to go quick. I think that, uh, you know, the Will Andersons of the world and the Jalen Carters of the world, they're going to go as well in the top 10. Um, and I think that there there's going to be probably two out of those big three that are going to be there at 13. I really do think that. I, I don't think Jalen Carter is going to be available. But if he were available, would you take him to pair him up with Clinton Williams? Oh, man. Um, that's a great question. To be, to be 100% honest, 
If I were Joe Douglas, I would not. I, I'm going into this draft thinking, okay, how if, if I'm getting Aaron Rodgers, how am I going to help my boy? How am I going to help this, this young offense? How am I going to turn this around? Because Robert Sala has already shown us that he can, we can have a top three defense, right? To go from top three to top one, yes, that's a great accomplishment. And adding someone like a Jalen Carter might bring us there. But I would rather go from like a top 28 offense to a top 10 than going from a top three defense to a top one, if that makes sense. Well, don't you think Aaron Rodgers gets us there all on his own? No. <laughs> yeah, so I, I don't think that he he's going to be able to get us there on his own. I think he any every single uh, you know quarterback in, in, in the NFL needs support. For sure. Uh, with the exception of maybe Tom Brady, but Tom Brady is the greatest of all time. We all know that. Yeah. yeah. Um, as good as Aaron Rodgers is, I think, you know, we, we have to set him up and, and, and the jets are so famous for this. It's like, we, we put the cart before the horse. We, we, what we really need to do is make sure that we're, we're supporting our guy. You know, we, this, we, this happened with, uh, you know, with Sam Darnold and then, um, you know, arguably, arguably Zach Wilson. I know he's had better resources than Darnold did, but if we're getting Rodgers, we got to be all in, you know, we were well, even, we were even, trying to go after OBJ and, and these other guys, you know, it's clear to me, I'm reading through the tea leaves that we are, we are trying to really help out this offense for sure and make, make this offense, uh, you know, a winner in today's NFL, because that's what you need. That's the winning formula. You have to have a top offense. I, I'm going to go and, and hope obviously that our GM knows what our options to tackle are and how much trust he has in keeping them healthy. Cause if I were to find out that he really does have, faith that they'll stay healthy next year i'm okay them not going to because i want them to go tackle paris johnson is the pick that i want but if he says i'm okay writing it out with these three tackles and two of the three have to stay healthy all year go with nolan smith uh, i'm okay with it but again i understand the whole tackle thing because mm -hmm. I was, i've been preaching for a month now i would love for them to go to the brickershaw ferguson nick mango route get your cornerstone left tackle your cornerstone center and build for the next decade but uh I'm okay if it sounds like they're 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 happy with these tackles. Hey man, go Nolan Smith. Don't 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 gamble on wasting a first round pick on somebody that's not going to see the field. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And if I can chime in here a little bit, so I'm in agreement with you. If if you think that um, Nolan Smith is going to be that that guy who's going to get us number one, and you think that Makai Becton is going to show up because he's been working hard. We've all seen the pictures. We've all seen the videos of him working out, doing his thing, right? Uh, but when it comes to me personally. You know, show me the money, baby. You know what I mean? Show me not just because you're working out. That's great. But this is a contract year from Makai Becton. He's going to do everything he can uh, to, to sure. worry about numero uno. Right. And that's himself. So and, and, and I think and I Max think he's Mitchell play well. is good also. And Max Mitchell is good also. Exactly. So I think I think the Jets plan is going to be, OK, let's get let's get the, one of these big three guys in here to be our, our future left tackle. We have Dwayne Brown. He's a little bit older, but we have Dwayne Brown. If if our rookie is not ready to go. We're gonna have him. We're gonna have Dwayne Brown there, and on the right side, I think they're they're plugging in Becton, and they're gonna also let uh, Mitchell fight it out. And the loser is gonna be the swing tackle. So I, I think that's a pretty good plan of action there. I think bringing in a rookie uh, offensive lineman at number thirteen is, is best case scenario for us here, and then letting Becton and Mitchell fight it out with, you know, Becton. Hopefully he wins that. If he doesn't win that, then you know all is, all hope is lost for him. Uh, but you know we have we have a, a depth at the right tackle piece and we have depth, depth at the left tackle piece. Yep. Now, when it comes to the the other first round, because I know we're probably gonna get in the second round here, mm -hmm. I also wanted to touch base with, and you you know I know I'm, I'm the stat guy, 
the declared stat guy here. So I ran some numbers and uh, everybody knows one of the biggest things that the Jets need is a center, right? Mm -hmm. uh, right now we, we, we just lost Connor McGovern. Yep. So right now we have, uh, what's his name? Schweizer, uh, yeah, I can't whatever his name is. I don't even, uh -huh. I've never even heard of the guy. Okay. So mm -hmm. that, that just tells you right there. We don't have a center. So we need a center. We're probably getting Ben Jones. Now, I ran some numbers or Ben Jones. Ben Jones is, is a, you know, he's pretty solid, but I, I think if we're looking at, at the draft, I don't think Ben Jones is going to sign before the draft. Now, if we, if we go in to this draft and we don't have a center at the end of it, you know, I think McGovern and, and Ben Jones are on speed dial for Joe Douglas. Right. Uh, and, and I think they're kind of like our insurance policy. Now, um, it's, it's great that we have Manny here because, uh, his lovely team, our brothers, the dolphins have, have really impacted this draft. How, the, how they impacted the draft. Well, in the first round of this draft, we only have 31 picks. So what does that mean? That means that at trading up in the first round this year has a lot of incentive because in the, you know, in other drafts, there are 32 picks. Mm -hmm. So if you're trading up from the second round back into the first round, let's say at the, at the, um, the late, you know, the late first round uh, choice, you're going to be picking 32. Whereas if you trade back into the first round this year, there's only 31 picks. So you're going to get arguably the top 31 guys in that first round. So trading back into the first round, first and foremost, automatically has an incentive for any team that does so for this year. Now, with saying that, um, I wrote this down. I did some, some uh, research here and, and we're going to talk about centers and centers taken by the 43rd pick uh, over the past 10 years, because, and I say 43rd pick because we pick 43 and I, I think that the 42nd pick is going to be gone. All right. Now the, the 43rd pick, get this over the last 10 years, um, there have been, let's see over the past 10 years, the average center drafted has been drafted either the 27th pick or before. So if we're, if we're hoping for and hoping and praying all like, please, you know, let us get uh, a John Michael Schmitz or someone like that. Let, right, I'm really so we're moving we into get... the second round. All right. Well, hold on. We're moving in the second round, but um, I'm arguing that we should, you know, the Jets should move Straight back up. into the first. Yeah. Mm. I think that the Jets should do everything in their power to move back into the first round some way, somehow to go get their center. Um, now let's talk a little bit about centers over the past 10 years. Back in 2013, the first center taken was taken at pick 31. Back in 2014, the first center taken was at number 43. In 2015, that pick was 19. 2016, the pick was 18. 2017, the pick was 58. 2018, the pick was at 20. 2019, the pick was at 18. 2020, the pick was at 24. 2021, the pick was at 37. And last year's draft, it was picked uh, number 25. Now, the reason why I'm saying that is because if we were to wait, if the New York Jets were to wait to the second round, if you add up all those numbers and divide it by 10, the New York Jets only have a 20% chance to land the number one center in this draft. John Michael so Smith. So you're, you're really – Jonathan Michael Schmitz, absolutely. He, he's, he is the number one center on my board, um, pretty much on, on most uh, analyst board as most well. Most boards, uh-huh. On most boards, yeah. So if you if you want him, you're gonna have to most likely trade it into a top into the so top. So the better question is most likely with your second round pick, are you trading back in? Is that your choice with your second round pick? Are you trading back into the first and taking him as your second uh, second pick off the board? Yeah. So so I'm gonna be calling uh, those at the end of the the first round, probably yeah. someone like a like a Dallas Cowboy 
I think they're picking what 26 or so. If if um if Jay if Jonathan if John Michael Schmitz is still there uh that late or even around like 25, 26, 27, I am trying to do everything in my power to move up to that point. Okay. I'm trading a, a second round pick this year and I'm trading a pick next year. And to be honest, Joe Douglas, I don't think is really gonna care because he knows that that if things go wrong and and let's say we get Aaron Rodgers or he and he gets hurt or it just doesn't work out, he's gone. All right. So that that's just my opinion. I think I Joe Douglas is gone. I, I, I agree. Because he he already got it wrong with Zach, right? Everybody knows that. Um, he did phenomenally when it comes to the Garrett Wilson pick, the Jermaine Johnson, and, and of course, you know, the Sauce Garner pick. He did great. Um, even in, even in the mid and late rounds, he's he's been doing great. He's fantastic with trades. However, he needs to rock this draft. He needs to do everything in his power to make this first round uh, as best as possible and then worry about the depth later on. I know we don't have a third rounder uh, this year because of the Elijah Moore trade, but um, you know, there are some pieces later on that we're probably going to get into, but there are some pieces that you can, you know, some gem hidden gems you can get later on. And I, I think that uh, Joe Douglas has been working, his, him and his staff have been working and we can get those depth pieces later on. This so first Mike, round, I'm, you're going, you're going selling the farm. first round. I'm, so first round pick, you're going Paris Johnson, and then second round, you're tr using maybe your fifth or sixth round pick, moving up back into the first, and you're trying to get uh, John Michael Smith. So according to the trade value, you're probably going to have to give up a second round pick next year. Oh, okay. Or something to that effect. So let's say I'm trading my second round pick this year, and I'm giving up, let's say, a second rounder next year. Right. Um, which, by the way, the second round next year should be should be, uh, uh, you know, not that great of a value because we're hoping to make it late in the playoffs. You know, you would hope so, so this yeah. isn't a this isn't a traditional Jets second round pick where, right, 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 right. where they're picking, you know, the, the fifth selection in the second round. I'm right. hoping that it's going to be a very uh, pretty much a third round pick. Right. OK, um, I'm going after my guy, uh, Jonathan Michael Schmitz. And I if like you it. look at his stats, if you look at his tape, he is pretty much like a spitting image of Nick Mangold. And I and I want I want another Nick Mangold. Me. Yeah, I, I want another Nick Mangold. I think it's time to, uh, that we get back to that and um, really protect that offensive line, or, or you know, protect our quarterback with our offensive line rather, and make sure that um, you know over this next year or two that we are protecting Aaron Rodgers and then whoever is going to be our quarterback, uh, you know, for the future, whoever that may be. All right, Manny, second round pick. Are we trading up or are we keeping it? I'm keeping it. I'm keeping the pick, and I and I'll and I'll do this very quickly. So when I was, one of the things I talked about last year, Danny, about your offensive line, is mm -hmm. the fact that you guys were able to play tic tac toe with it. So many players can fill so many different holes. And what I thought when I looked at it, I know you need a center. I think there's another guard on this team that can play center for your team. So I went again offensive line, kind of like Mike did, but I went a little bit different. I went six eight, three hundred and seventy four pounds. Dewan Jones, right tackle out of Ohio State, and I'm bringing him and I'm drafting him to the New York Jets. When I look at him, you, you fear because again, another big boy like like Makai Becton coming out of college, you're like, fuck, that might scare me. But I'll tell you, he played all every single game last year, and then he played about seven hundred and ninety three snaps his junior year. The guy has good size. He gets off the the, the ball really quickly. The only thing that, that struggled with him a little bit last year were the speedier ends. But at right tackle, Aaron Rodgers being a right-handed quarterback, I don't think that's going to be as um, it's going to be such an issue to have. But I'm drafting Dewan Jones. I'm drafting another offensive lineman. Um, my Peter in the first round fill the guard role. This guy can move out to right tackle, and then basically you have Dwayne Brown and Mekhi Becton fighting out for the for that left tackle spot. 
but I'm taking I'm taking Dewan Jones in the second round. Okay. Now uh, at guard we have Lankin Tomlinson, which was a huge disappointment last year. For sure. So I could definitely see filling that 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 void with Peter and then getting that tackle. Now I would go. I want John Michael Smith, obviously, much like Mike. Yeah. But I wouldn't want to trade up, even though Joe Douglas loves trading up. He for traded sure. up mm-hmm. for Jermaine Johnson. He traded up for Bryce Hall. He and I, I think he's done it again in, in the past. I can't think off the top of my head, but I know he's done it again. So he it's not foreign to see him trade up and be aggressive in the draft. So I could definitely see him doing that. But I'd rather not do it. Let's say hypothetically we don't do it. I would take him if he falls to us. If not, I'll take Joe Tipman. I think he's the second greatest uh, center in the and my understanding is that he's versatile kind of like uh Vera Tucker where he could play center or he could move into guard so I'm okay taking Joe Tipman with the second pick and um that's that's where I would go because I do want to address the center role because although we do have those uh those uh those tackles um Joe Tipman yeah yeah because we do have those tackles and I think we're deep at tackle if they can stay healthy I, we're we're thin at center. We need to attract the center. So Paris Johnson first round if he's available, and we don't think that these guys can stay healthy. Otherwise, take I'll take Nolan Smith. But I understand, you know, playing with that first round pick. But we need to address the center with one of those first two picks. So, and obviously, sure. we're not going to go 13 center. So I would definitely address this center pick right here with the 43rd pick. And if I could spend 10 seconds real quick before we move on to our uh, to the fourth round. I mm-hmm. did look real hard, and Mike, I don't know if you looked at this guy or not, but I looked real hard at Drew Sanders as well out of Arkansas. He was giving me Luke Keekley vibes. He hits like a freaking truck. But, again, I, for me, protect Aaron Rodgers or address a defense that's already good. I want to protect Aaron Rodgers, and that's why I went offensive line. 100%. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Now, yeah, moving- Drew Sanders is great, yeah. Um, but, again, yeah, I agree, Manny, 100%. Moving into the fourth round, Mike. Well, hold on a second. Hold on. We got, we, we got to talk about third. We got to talk about third round here. You know. We got a third rounder. No, so, we don't have a third rounder. Uh, not yet. Oh, but um, oh, to, but yeah, okay. let's see. Let's see. Oh, all right. So here, 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 here's um. This is probably not going to happen, but I'm going to say, what if? All right. Let's, let's say, let's say during the draft, uh-huh. uh, we trade for Aaron Rodgers. Okay. Okay. So we get we get our we get our guy Aaron Rodgers. Now. What if I told you? Uh, oh, I you know, see what he's about. Most to people do. think, okay, Aaron Rodgers is coming in. Uh-huh. He's gonna, he, he's gonna, he's gonna uh, teach our, our our young, you know, chosen one, cho- chosen Zach Wilson, Uh-oh. right? He's gonna teach him. Oh boy! But I I think the Jets oh, are just. Boy. I think they might be done with him. I don't so, think so, but okay, where are you going with this? I, I think they could very well. I think a team may call and say, "Listen, Uh-oh. um, we'll take Zach Wilson off your hands, and we're gonna give you a late." Third round pick. I think this. I think this could very well happen. No way. Uh, is it? Is it going to happen? It, it. You know, maybe not. Mike, but... I would trade a seventh round pick for Zach Wilson. But I'm just throwing <laughs> that out. There. Me too. Me too. However, Joe Douglas has been known for fleecing for other sure. organizations. Hundred percent. We got. We got a second round and a fourth round for for Sam Darnold. For sure. We got um, what is it like a like a fifth round pick? I think You're right. For Blake somebody Cashman. Else, somebody else might see his potential. So I agree with you. It's not right. out of the realm. That it could happen. So, but let me know what would you do with that third round pick? Yeah. So that was kind of a joke. Um, but um, <laughs> if if <laughs> I, I was just like bust your guys' chops, but if if it was a real thing, right. like it really did happen, right. uh, which I could see it might happen. Okay. Uh, 
I think here's where I'm going with it. I'm I'm gonna be going after my guy who I've been who I pretty much fell go. in love with. I want to hear it with uh, during the scouting combine, and that is my man Jartavius Quan Martin, uh, free safety, mm. and he is. You know, when, when I watch his tape, you know, he, he's not the most flashy safety. He is not uh, the most polished safety. However, I, you know, when wa- watching him run the drills at the combine, and I I understand that being a combine warriors and everything, but watching his tape, he doesn't do anything like super flashy. However, he usually is in the right place at the right time. He, he's got a great football mind. Um, it seems as though he's very coachable and, um, you know, he, he can really, really um, use his, his uh, physical technique to, uh, you know, take charge of that backfield and also uh, cover uh, tight ends. And that's, that's what I think we really need, especially in today's NFL. If, if one of our corners goes down, for example, Michael Carter, the yeah. second, if he gets injured, guess what? We need someone who can step in and play that nickel uh, and, and who can cover receivers or cover tight ends uh, while at the same time, stepping back and, 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 you know, going for that guy who's running, you know, streaming down the, the side of the field, like a Tyree kill or Jalen Waddle. We need someone who's going to be able to, to, to help out sauce Gardner when he's chasing him down, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. So or I think Jartavius Martin, or. Or, or holding him. Yeah. Oh God. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I think Jartavius Martin is, is um, he, I think he's going to go a lot quicker than most, most people believe Yeah. before the scouting combine happened. Jartavius Martin was like projected to be a very, very late, uh, round pick, maybe like a sixth, seventh round pick. Yeah. He's moved up so much. Uh, if you look at NFLTankathon.com, he's moved up into the third round at this point. So I could see a team really falling in love with him and taking him in the in the third round here, in, in the high, upper third round. Yep. Uh, now, could he slide? Of course. But, you know, in that, you know, fake hypothetical situation where we get rid of, um, you know, Zach Wilson or what have you, me, I would I would grab, grab okay. Jartavius Martin in that third round. It's a solid pick. But, Danny, I'm, I'm assuming – you're you're going based off of not having a third round pick and fleecing any other teams with a Zach Wilson trade. So <laughs> do you want me to go and drop you my fourth rounder or are you ready to go ahead and drop your fourth round? No, uh, I'll, I'll give you my real quick. Out of Illinois, Sidney Brown, safety. Um, look, I, I'm going based off a of need. I started looking at all the safeties. I've kind of sure. kind of listened to the experts tell me exactly what they think because I'm obviously I don't watch too much college football to the point where I can – recognize players from Illinois and whatnot, but it sounds like Sidney Brown is that guy that we need, a playmaker that we're missing at, down in that back, and I'd go Sidney Brown out of Illinois. I want to address that safety need, and like I said, as you can see, I am not as confident as you guys are in our defense. I said I would go Nolan Smith and Sidney Brown, edge rusher and safety. Sure. I am not as I am not as convinced as everybody else is in our defense. So you went defense, you went center, and then you went defense again. That's kind of how... Correct. Yours would portray mine is a little bit different. Now, again, I addressed the offensive line for Aaron Rodgers, so I went a little bit different. One of the things that we talked about was that you felt super comfortable, I think, as we all should, about, um, oh, my God, Quentin Williams. At, at that, like, there is, If there's one position on the defense besides Sauce Gardner that you know we can't be without is Quentin Williams. That guy, I think anybody that you pair him with will have a successful season because how much of attention Quentin Williams is going to get. So I went and I picked him up uh, a co-partner here. I went Dante Stills out of West Virginia. So four-year starter, right? He he had um, – let me get this right for you. I want to make sure I get it right. He had four and a half sacks this year, seven the year before that. He moves off the ball. He's great at stopping the run. 
his his weakness is playing against bigger players. So like if you have like somebody like a Mikai Becton that let's say stays on the field, that's where his weakness is playing against the bigger guys. But he's able to take on your six one to six two centers and guards. And I think because of Quinny Williams getting so much attention, Dante Sills is a good fit for you on that defensive line and somebody that you could plug in and learn from Quinn and Williams. All right. So defense for both of us, Mike, what you going? Well, you remember, oh, that's right. He's he he got a third round pick. Now, Mike, did you trade away your fourth round pick with Zach? No, Wilson? All right, yeah. No, I just, just Zach sure. Wilson. I just want to make sure. I don't know who's giving us a third round pick for Zach Wilson, but <laughs> yeah, I know this is a real shocker, but I'm trading it. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not trading anymore. Um so so with my with a fourth round pick, yeah, uh, you know, we already talked about well, in terms of my mock draft here. Sure. And and when I when it comes to my big board, I don't have this like major big board of like the top 200, whatever players, 100 players. Sure. Uh, right. I have more of like a, a little big board. So a, a big board that consists of, you know, Jets needs. So uh, with this pick here, I, I guess I'm pretty, if I'm not, if we're not doing the hypothetical situation where Martin's going to be there. Yeah. Um, I would certainly go ahead and try and go after Martin. But if he's not there, then I'm, I'm with Danny. I'm going with, um, you know, his partner on the other side of the ball there. Um, you know, the other, the other safety there. So, uh, um, from, from Illinois, right. They're both, they both go to Illinois. Yep. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to go, I'm going to agree with Danny here, um, and take the other, the other safety there, uh, Sydney Brown. So, so that's gonna be my pick. If we, if Martin's not there and we don't do the trade for Zach Wilson, then, then in the fourth round, I'm going with Brown. All right, we'll follow this up. Keep it going. In the fifth round, when you started looking at what you've drafted so far, are you, now are you basing? Are you is your next pick going to basically be best available, or are you still trying to address a need in the fifth round? Uh, if you're asking uh, me, I'm oh, going go ahead. a little go ahead, bit Danny. of both. I'm going. I'm going a little bit of both. If I could see something that I think has value at a position of need, yeah, I go with it. But when it gets to the fifth, sixth, and seventh round, you're just shooting darts in the dark because you really don't know what you're going to get from these players. A lot of times you get how many gems have been undrafted at this point. It's kind of like a crapshoot. Um, so I guess I'll start it off. I'll go Nathaniel Dell. He's a, a very small slot receiver. He's like, he's like five, seven, a hundred pounds. Yeah. Like he's tiny, but he's explosive. And I think that he would be great in the slot for us. Now I know that we got Hardman, but I don't know. I, I kind of question his health. So I'm okay having another guy that can be a special teamer and a slot guy. And speed kills. I'm all for having more speed on the team. We already have our two outside X and Y receivers. So I'm all for having another uh, slot receiver. And and I'm, I'm Dell. Give me Dell. Go ahead, Mike. Mike. Uh, yeah. So I'm I'm in a little um I have a different perspective than Danny does here. Okay. And when I say that, I mean I'm not I'm not touching uh, pretty much any receiver in this entire draft. Okay. If you watch the the scouting combine, uh, this you know this past or a couple months or a month ago, sure, these receivers were dropping the ball. These receivers were, were like they, they weren't listening to directions. These receivers were a lot. They were even running slower than a lot of the uh, defensive linemen. This draft is not strong when it comes to receivers. Now, now Dell, you know, he's a speedster. He's pretty quick. Uh, but I like my receivers long. I like my receivers, uh, was. Uh, you know, with, 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 a, with a really big catch radius, right? 
So I don't I don't want to go ahead and um and take someone like like a like Adele, right? Even though he is quick, but his well, his height and weight kind of kind of uh scare me a little bit in the NFL. Right. I I could I hundred percent I could see that. But when it comes to my slot receivers, I'm not too worried about their size as because I, I just want mm -hmm. them to like look at how big is Braxton Berrios or how small is Braxton Berrios? The Braxton Berrios yeah, he's, is a big Berrios is like five nine mm -hmm. um, yeah. i think he's like five nine 180 ish maybe something like that so so i mean I, and dull is smaller than him but what i'm saying mm -hmm. I, I i personally wouldn't worry too much about it but i get you because for my outside receivers i want size that's why when they wanted tyreek hill i was like why do we want tyreek hill he's too small i like give me a calvin johnson a larry fitzgerald uh right. but you know in, in the fifth round you know you're not gonna get that mm -hmm. i'm sorry to cut you off man go ahead no no the, and and um and again, I think Dell, I guess it could be a pretty good, pretty good pick because again, we're in the rounds here where you, at this point, you're pretty much going for depth. You're pretty much just going for rotational pieces here and there. You're going for, uh, um, you know, uh, future, right? You're going for, you're going for the, the future of yep. your team. So our, our current offensive, uh, or I'm sorry, the, the wide receiver core, you know, we have our number one in Garrett Wilson. We have our new number two, right? Um, and um, we just we just um, got him. I forgot his name uh, from the from the Packers. Um, Lazard. Lazard. Alan Lazard. Yes, thank you. So we have Alan Lazard as a number two. Number three, we have Mikael Hardman in, in the slot. And again, I know you, I know he's got some some um, you know uh, concerns there with his with his health. Right. But I, I think that he can really come in and, and kind of be that slot receiver that we that we've needed right for for, sure. for a while, uh, which could have been more. But we've been using him wrong. We've been using him on the outside, you know, running go routes at five foot eight. Elijah Moore. Yep. Yeah. But but anyway. Um, we have our number three, our number four, right? We have, uh, I know, I know we're not the biggest fans of him, but we have Corey Davis still who's on this team. So we, we have him, uh, still on this team. We have, we have Denzel Mims. So that Robert How is Denzel is, Mims still on this team? Yeah. Oh, good. I have no idea. And, and it's like, um, if, if you were to ask me like who would be here longer, Denzel Mims or Elijah Moore, I would have, I would have thought you were crazy <laughs> if you told me that Denzel sure. Mims would be here longer. For sure. But um, so, you know, Denzel Mims being your number five receiver right now, you know, that's not too bad. So if you want to bring in Tank Dell as your, you know, your number three slash four, uh, well, maybe four or five right now, and then hopefully moving into that number three role. Yeah. Right. When Nicole Hardman's gone, then, then, you know, I like that investment. I like that investment a lot. Uh, but for me, I'm not really touching any of the wide receivers uh, in, in this draft. I don't really like many of them. And you already know, like I'm, I'm huge on wide receivers. Yeah, I, I was I banging the table for Garrett <laughs> Wilson last year, like crazy. Yeah. Even this year, I, I would even take JSN over, over um, all the other uh, of the big three uh, offensive linemen that we have. Yeah. But, but nonetheless, every single other wide receiver in this class, I'm, I'm not, I'm not touching, you know, I, I don't think that, um, this is a great wide receiver class. Uh, I think there will be uh, better ones coming up next year and the year after. So right now, uh, Tank Dell could very well be a great investment. So I will agree with you on that one. If he can come in be like a rotational piece for the number three role in the slot, I think that's I think that's great. I'm with you, Manny. Yep, fifth rounder, man. I'm I'm addressing your safety need in some sorts. I think he's not going to be as ready. Obviously, we're talking about the fifth round here, but I think somebody that could potentially Jump into the system, be productive. Four years, uh, four-year player, senior out of Boise State, J.L. Skinner. He had over a hundred and thirty-plus solo tackles over his career at Boise State. He's a taller guy. He's six four, two hundred and twenty. You're like, damn, this guy's a safety. 
But the fact is, he lowers his like he has good solid foundation when it comes to tackling. He doesn't get a lot of penalties. He's not very handsy. So when I saw the tape on JL Skinner and the potential of him still being available in the fifth round, I thought this was somebody that could perfectly come in, fit into Robert Sala's system, and learn within the system and get even better down the road. I mean, look, like like just like you, I've been trying to address the defense probably for different reasons. You just yeah. want depth. I think it needs playmakers yeah. because I think we lack playmakers. I think that was evident by the fact that we didn't get any turnovers in the second half of the year like at all, which is unheard of for a top five defense. So yeah. uh, I, I'm with you on that. And then we move on to the final pick we have of the draft. Pick in the sixth round. It is the 207th pick. So I guess we'll close it out with this one. Mike, what are we taking with that very last pick? Because it, it's it's tough. It's tough once you get to these to even predict it. Like at this point, we're just throwing a name out there because you don't know who's going to be available. And you know what? Let, let me start off. I, I've done that that mock draft, that little computer digital where you kind of just play like a little video game almost. Where yeah. You kind of make like a fake draft. And every time I do it, the best defensive tackle available every time is Jackson Player out of Tulsa. Now, I can't tell you exactly who this kid is. I know he ran a five. 508, I think, in the 40. He's a different tackle, though. Who cares? He's six foot, 300 pounds. If he's the best defensive tackle available at that at that moment, I still think that the fact that we lost Sheldon Rankins is going to hurt, and I think that it would be good to add a defensive tackle to play next to Quinton Williams, and I, I would take this kid, and I rolled the dice with the defensive tackle. Mike, what do you think? So when it comes to the uh, sixth round, I'm pretty I'm, – I'm going to um... – I'm going to open up and and I'm not really hundred percent. I don't have like a specific name yeah. uh, that I want to go with at, at this point, you really got to go with, you know, with depth. the board and, and, mm-hmm. and go, go after depth. Right. Mm-hmm. So if, if that, if that last piece here is, you know, let's say for example, a, a developmental lineman or developmental, uh, developmental uh, linebacker or something, then, then I'm, then I'm all for it. So coming to the sixth round, you know, there it's the odds of you hitting on that pick are, are very, very low. Um, so pretty much, you know, whoever that the Jets have as their, you know, hidden gem, I'm I'm 100% on board with it. So there's no okay. guy that I'm like slam, you know, banging the table for. Hey, we got to get this guy in the sixth round. Um, you know, I'm really I think that Joe Douglas has to crush the first round, second round if we hold on to that 43rd pick. He yeah. he really has to crush these these top two picks here. Because we're in a very peculiar draft, like I said, that this draft is not like most Jets drafts, you know. So, um, I think that pretty much any any um, you know name that you want to go with in this in the sixth round, who can who has like a you know a very very high ceiling, but uh, but an insanely low floor, like you know either injured or or got into to some issues or is very raw, yeah. you know, then then um, you know I'm open to it. So I don't necessarily have a 100% name for for the sixth round here. Okay. All right, Manny. Well, uh, listen. When I, if you do me a favor, Danny, and bring up that uh, death chart real quick on offense, and if you want, I could do it myself here. I got it. All right. So, obviously, you'll have Aaron Rodgers as a starter. Yeah. But outside of that, you know, kind of what you already have with Zach Wilson, Tim Boyle. That, like, I make fun about it, but really, this guy's probably never going to see the field unless somebody, one of those first two guys, gets hurt in Zach Wilson or Aaron Rodgers. And we already know that. Um, 
off-brand five below Chris uh, Tim Tebow and Chris Trevler is not going to be the guy either. <laughs> so in the sixth round, I'm glad that Mike said it. You know, you're looking for somebody you could potentially develop. And I went Aiden O'Connell out of Purdue um, as a quarterback to bring in. So when when I looked at what potential players could be there in the sixth round, Aiden O'Connell, they had him a few projections going in the fifth round. They even talked about the Raiders taking him. Um, for some reason, I, I don't know if the Raiders would address quarterback that, but maybe it's a fill. Like maybe they see something in him as well. But when I looked at him, he threw for 3,700 yards, 28 touchdowns, and they he basically led Purdue to two five ups against Iowa and Michigan State. So when I saw that, I'm like, all right, maybe the kid has potential. Then you go look at the tape. They, he had a lot of drop balls, but his numbers would have been even better in his um in his senior year. He finished it up with 22, 22 touchdowns, 13 interceptions, but basically Purdue had like the nation's almost lead in drop passes last year. So I think he could have done even better. And listen, he barely lost to Michigan in the title game. Like he did really well as a, somebody that we're not talking about, like you said, six round development. Right. I think this guy could be somebody you draft in the sixth round and develop under Aaron Rodgers. I don't think there's any chance that they draft a quarterback. I really do think that they're, they're sure. planning on Zach Wilson being their quarterback of the future. Even I, I really do. I, I really think that they're going to roll the dice with that. Uh, I, 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 I don't know. I, I bring Tim Tebow out of retirement before I try to do that. I, I don't think Joe Douglas gives up on his second overall pick. Like, I, I really don't. Like, he, might, maybe, he might cost him his job. I don't, I don't know. He flew, you know, across the country to meet with uh, Hall of Fame quarterback Aaron Rodgers. He's given up on it on his on his pick. You Technically, know? So, but, I, I'm, but, I'm a, but giving up on him for Aaron Rodgers or giving up for him for a six-round quarterback out of Purdue two different com completely different things well no of course not but you but can I... develop the guy yeah but you're trying right, to develop right. I, I agree with Manny so yeah I, I agree with Manny 100% um now with saying that you know what Zach Wilson said he's gonna make this dude's you know life hell in practice so whoever we get wrong guy wrong guy <laughs> yeah, wrong, he's gonna he's gonna he's gonna make someone's life hell in practice but it ain't gonna be Aaron Rodgers yeah, it ain't gonna be Aaron Rodgers <laughs> all right now gonna... uh before we close this out, I do I do want to say yeah. I went pretty heavy on defense in this draft, and I sure. don't think many people are take, thinking that the Jets are going to go that route. I think that that's the smart route because this defense needs to be even better than they were last year because although last year they were considered one of the better defenses, they played against subpar quarterbacks, and they didn't have a turnover the second half of the year. You cannot be one of the best defenses if you can't turn the ball over. Now, I was looking into stats for the Green Bay Packers during the Aaron Rodgers era. He's only had a top five defense one time in his as he's been a starter of the Green Bay Packers. What was the result of that one time he had a top five defense? He won the Super Bowl that year. Super Bowl. So the only time that he had a top five defense, he won the Super Bowl. I think that we need to make sure that we protect them, obviously, but that our defense does what it needs to do. Give them short fields. Don't let the other team score, obviously. And let Aaron Rodgers just do what Aaron Rodgers does. He has the weapons on the outside. We think with Brees Hall back, he's going to have the running back behind him. If we can get keep him upright and our defense can be a real top five defense, I think that we have a solid chance of being a Super Bowl contender. And, and, that, and that's why I think that Addressing the defense, although a lot of people are kind of just like, oh, we have a good defense anyway. I I, I really want to shore it up. My final two cents on the reason I went offensive line heavy 
is the fact that you have Aaron Rodgers, you have Alan Lazard, you have Garrett Wilson. The fact that outside of Devontae Adams, I don't think Aaron Rodgers ever played with the caliber of a player like that. And the fact mm-hmm. that he has a rookie Garrett Wilson, a Garrett Wilson that balled out with me at quarterback last year. Mm-hmm. And then the fact that you have Brees Hall, Michael Carter also following it up. And now you have beefed up that O-line. Aaron mm-hmm. Rodgers doesn't even have to do as much as he's done in previous years that you can hand the ball off. You have more holes for Brees Hall and you have more holes for Michael Carter. He still has Lazard. He still has Gary Wilson. Danny, I think offensive line is definitely the, the way for success moving forward if you do get Aaron Rodgers at quarterback. I'm with you. Mike, you went offense heavy. Uh, yeah, for sure. So I'm with Manny, for, uh, first and foremost, when it comes to protecting protecting Aaron Rodgers. And he knows very well how important it is to protect your quarterback. Look, you know, look at, I know this is, you know, we're talking <laughs> about the Jets here, but look at Tua, you know, uh, mm-hmm. Tua uh, was supposed to take this bit, this, you know, huge leap, which, which he did for yep. the most part, but concussion after concussion after, it's it just, we cannot have that happen with Aaron Rodgers at his age. Sure. If we're getting Aaron Rodgers and we know that it's only going to happen for one or two years, we, we have to protect him. You know, this isn't the Sam Donald Jets. This is not even going to be the, the Zach Wilson Jets. This is not the Geno Smith Jets. This is going to be the Aaron Rodgers Jets. And with the Aaron Rodgers Jets, we have to give him time. He he is so good at putting that ball down the field. Okay, well, if you want to put the ball down the field, what do you got to do? You got to protect for at least three seconds. If you want to protect for at least three seconds, three or four seconds, you need, you need big uglies up there. Uh, in the trenches, putting in that dirty work. And I got you a few. Yep. Uh, my only worry is that they end up not seeing the field next year, and it's like, fuck, we could have done so much more with an impact player in the first round. But uh, I'm okay with risking that and having somebody sit on the bench just to, as an insurance policy Yeah. because you're right. We do need to keep them upright. But I do think that the defense needs to be addressed because everybody's thinking offense this draft, and, man, we need a playmaking safety. We do. That, that kid we got, 100%. Chuck Clark, he's a thumper. But yeah, he's not a playmaker. He's not he's not the type that's gonna go ahead and, and cause turnovers. Right. And and we need somebody in the interior line next to Quinn. I understand that Quinn's good enough to make whoever's next to him look better, but I think that we need to address that also. And edge rusher, you can never have enough edge rushers. Well hundred so. percent. We're about a week away. So Mike, just throwing this out there right now. Once we drop that initial reaction from the first round next week, we're gonna count on you to come in here and talk about what your reaction was when it, when said player came off the board, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So uh, my, I can already tell you my reaction is going to be shocked because uh, I'm probably, <laughs> you know, I'm usually wrong. <laughs> so whatever, whatever I say that the Jets are going to do, it's probably the exact, you know, with the exception of um, last you know, the year. early picks last year, yeah, Garrett. Last year but, you that, called but, that, but that was easy though. That, you know, we're talking number yeah, four, true. you know, the t- yeah. Texans, I don't, I, I, yeah, I don't know why, uh, you know, they would, they would pick um, who was a stingy because, over, because, because they they play a lot of zone defense and they felt like Stingley was a better zone coverage right. corner than uh, than mm-hmm. Sauce. But and no, look, me and Manny both thought that Sauce was going to have a hard time adjusting because he gets very handy, right? Handsy, right? Mm-hmm. Every time you watched some of his highlights from Cincinnati, he, he was all up in there. Yeah. Like, oh, that would have been a five yard penalty. That would have been a five yard penalty. But one penalty, I think, for hand, illegal hands on the field on Tyreek Hill, and yeah. outside of that, clean. Yeah, hundred percent. So we'll call, um, we'll call it. We'll call it clean. We'll call it. Yeah, clean. yeah. Clean. We'll call it clean. We'll call it clean. <laughs> yeah, th- those gloves. I think what what um during the off season or the preseason last year or OTAs, he had those big mitts on. So he, you know, they so they knew when he drafted him. Hey, we got to clean up this kid's technique. Mm-hmm, and sure. good, you know, thank God that it was just something uh you know minor like that. 
Whereas yeah. like you have other guys that come in uh, uh, and, and, you know, I'll tell you like a little bit of a, a funny story here. So I'm wearing the, this number one, I'm wearing South Garner's Jersey. Uh, I purchased this Jersey when he, when he obviously was a rookie. Now the other rookie, the only other rookie that I've ever purchased in my life was another cornerback by the name of D Milliner. And I told myself Ooh. after I, and I thought he was going to be, Oh, he's going to be the next Darrell Revis, all that stuff. Ooh. But and, you know, I was ignoring the tape. Okay, you know, um, he's got he's got a good tape, but he also has a lot of things to clean up. Oh, these, they're going to clean it all up. And they didn't. So after that, I was like, you know what? I'm never, ever buying another rookie again, uh, uh, buying another rookie jersey again until, you know, Sauce Garner. And, and you know, I know he's the real deal. And he still has a lot to prove. I know he won defense rookie of the year. But he has a lot to prove, uh, which he will, you know, will, will prove. But, um, you know, when it comes to his, his tape, and, and I know that, that one of his knocks was – being handsy, but, um, you know, it really did pay off his, his, the techniques that he had to, to focus on. Uh, they, really hit did pay the off. Park, they hit it out of the park. Uh, they hit it out well, of the park and they got to do it again. That was the mock draft for this year. Yep. Uh, one through, I guess, round six, not seven. Yeah. And uh, six picks, we thought we think is going to be five. According to Mike, we might get a third round pick somewhere in here. <laughs> Probably um, not. We're tra- trading away <laughs> Zach, Tom- uh, Zach Thomas, Zach Wilson. Yeah. But uh, we do appreciate Mike you taking the time. We hope that you're going to keep sure. going on. But and then you enjoy, again, and then you and then you enjoy yourself. You know, I I know this is your first yeah. this is your first one under your belt. We hope you enjoy yourself and you're willing to start doing it some more, man. Because you're definitely a smart guy. You definitely know your stuff. Yeah, for sure. You know, thanks guys for having me. Uh, you know, again, I'm I'm here as a fan. I'm going to keep watching you guys. Hopefully, I can get that 90% viewership up to you know closer to 100 here. But, um, you know, anytime that you guys want me on and, and, and to have another different perspective than, than Danny as a Jets fan, you know, uh, you know, put, you know you give me a call, shoot me a text. Yeah. And, um, you know, great talking to both. Yeah. I like picking your guys' brains a little bit and kind of giving my two cents. But, um, yeah, I had a lot of fun. And, and hopefully we can meet back up in a few weeks here, a couple good. weeks after the draft and, and go over all of the, uh, the wrong picks that I made. So, <laughs> all right, man. All right, Danny, man. Anything else, out. Manny? No, man. I'm excited, man. Next week, the, the draft is finally here. I'll be flying out to Arizona for work and then watching watching the madness happen live from over there. Yeah, man. All right. So we got, what, 10 days to go, and uh, it, it's coming. It's coming quicker than, than we realized. Yeah. And, what, I mean, once the draft happens, that's it. It's football season. It's yeah. football mm-hmm. season because the schedule drops two weeks after that, and it's just – it's just a rolling ball. Like we're going to start dropping time, more man. episodes and all that other good stuff coming soon. So stay tuned yeah, for that. I, but if you stayed listening all the way to the end, we appreciate you. And we look forward to having you guys back on next and week. And furthermore, make sure you let Danny know how wrong he is in the comments. As always, peace. Ooh, <laughs> and then that, uh, even though I hate saying it, but I'll say it. Like, subscribe, do all that other stuff. Manny know. always tells me to say it, but I hate it. Say, right. say it. Ah. All right, guys. Have a good one. Catch you next time.